myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot see Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. Saturday morning means I'm joined by Mick Lewis. How are you, Mick? I'm very, very good, uh, Steve. Thank you very much. You great, mate. Excellent, and uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's what you've just described on your bit of paper as what. This is the, uh, uh, that was the week. This was yeah, that fantastic. Was I mean, it has been a hell yeah. of a week since we last spoke, hasn't it? I mean, there was me uh, questioning uh, people questioning me sanity for for daring to suggest a draw last week, but uh, what a performance yeah. by uh, Newcastle and Man City because it takes two t- uh, two teams to produce a game like that, Nick. Well, it's not. It's not everything that. It, it's about the week it was. It's it's not about Manchester City. It's about the whole week it was. Um, I was thinking to myself yesterday, um, you know, when was the last week I could think of of a conceivable nature? And and the only one I could really think about was a fantastic week we had, albeit very, very disappointing, ultimately, was the week we had when we went to to, to Lisbon in the UEFA Cup and then went straight back from Lisbon to Cardiff and the Millennium Stadium for the FA Cup semi-final. You know, so, you know, at at that stage of the game, at that stage of the, the club history, you know, we were still knocking on the door in Europe. This was with Graham Souness at the time, but but Big Al was still around at Shea Given, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and we went to Lisbon and then went to Cardiff in the FA Cup semi-final. Yes, we were beaten by both. But, you know, it, 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 you know, those sorts of days are suddenly beginning to suggest that they might be on, you know, we might, we might be returning to those sorts of days. And that was 20 odd years ago or thereabouts. So it was a long time ago. But going back to the fact that, you know, th- th- you know that was the week it was. It wasn't just about Monday, it, about Sunday, about Manchester City, which was a, ph- a phenomenal performance, phenomenal game. Brilliant, brilliant uh, spectacle for the neutrals as well. Monday was then followed by the fact that the CEA, CEO, rather, uh, uh, Darren Eels, you know, sat at his desk and, 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 and started his job as our top honcho as far as Newcastle are concerned. And we've been crying out for a CEO for a long time. So we went from Sunday to Monday. Tuesday, the lads got ready for Tranmere. Tranmere, you know, yes, you might think Tranmere is a, is a small thing, but, but Tranmere is about, you know, getting through the next round of the Carabao Cup. And then don't forget on Wednesday night, we got a home draw in the next round. That'll be tricky against Crystal Palace, by the way. So you're through to the next re- the next round of of a cup competition, and then 48 hours later, all hell breaks loose, um, and we're back in the lines and back in the realms of uh, of, of Big Al and and Michael Owen and unveiling huge record signings, but this time to the tune of 60 million, we bring a boy across from a, a Swedish kid from from Real Sociedad, uh, Alexander Isaac, and. You know, what a week. What a week. I mean, just just think about those sorts of things. I'll throw in another one as well, by the way, because I don't want to forget this. And I do want us to talk about that uh, this morning. There was a 19-year-old from Whitley Bay on Wednesday night. He'll have been forgotten in amongst a £60 million and a new CEO and a fantastic performance against Manchester City. But a senior, a senior debut for Elliot Anderson on Wednesday. He's a player. He's a player. And I really loved the way that, you know, he, 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 he set about himself. He, he looked completely at, at, at um, um, he looked comfortable 
He looked he looked at all the world a first team player. So Elliot Anderson should get a special uh, special mention about what a big week it's been for him as well. What a week! What a week! Amazing, amazing week. And uh, as you say, uh, just rounded off nicely by the uh, the acquisition of Alexander Isak. What's he going to bring to the team, Mick? I mean, twenty two year old, good international player. You know, not yeah. um, not, you know, just just coming in at the right time. Good question, though, Steve. Good question. And we don't know. You know, there's, there's, there's no point anybody telling you. In fact, I just saw um, Alan Shearer's, um, um, well, sort of his bullet points from his latest, um, uh, his latest column with The Athletic. If you get a chance to read The Athletic today, uh, Big Al's there talking about uh, Alexander Isaac. And, and he, quite rightly, as a lot of us are saying, well, we, we don't quite that we don't know what he's all about. You know, he's a young, young man. He's a young man. You know, we've talked about the likes of John Dahl, Thomason in the past, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, yes, he's a proven player in so much as he's played over 30 for Sweden. But you know, when people say, Oh, he was at Dortmund, he was here, he was there, he was barely at Dortmund. He was a teenager. He he got a loan spell at Willem Tway in, in Holland where he didn't play an awful lot of football. But it's Sociedad where he, he really kicked in. Um, against Real Sociedad and his his track record is pretty good but he is only 22 years of age he's a young man it 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 is it is far from proven far from proven he is he isn't he isn't the finished deal he isn't a finished deal by a long way so we've got to we've got to keep an eye on it we've got to have a look at him you know i, I was thinking about myself again this morning you know we've spent 60 million on 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 Alexander Isaac which is fabulous fabulous but don't forget, we've spent sixty-five million on Joel Linton, allegedly a centre forward, and twenty-five million for Chris Wood, a centre forward, and they have not pulled up any trees in terms of goals. In terms of goals, so you know they are the hardest thing in the world, and that's why Shearer is the person you need to speak to today about what it is about being a centre forward and a centre forward. In his case, a world record signing, but in the case of Isaac. 60 million. I mean, there's not many to, I think he's, he must be top 10, mustn't he? Premier League um, signings. Uh, he's now a record goal scorer for Newcastle United. But that wears heavy on you as well, the, the weight of 60 million. Um, and again, Shearer knows all about that. So, But Shearer was a proven, proven player, you know, when, when, he, when he joined at Newcastle United. So I, I, just, I just like what I've seen about him. There's a very good article on NUSC TV. Um, there's, there's one or two interviews on, um, online where he talks about his days in Sociedad. He talks about his day in, days in, in Sweden. He talks about his family. He talks about his siblings. He talks about his history in Eritrea. Uh, he talks about how hungry he is, how ambitious he is. Clearly, he's articulate. He speaks well. So there's an awful lot to like about Isaac, Alexander Isaac. But when you say me and you ask me and I ask you and we ask each other, what do we think? We don't know yet. We might well start finding out against Wolverhampton Wanderers tomorrow afternoon. Interesting take from uh, Eddie Howe's press conference yesterday was when asked the question, you know, would him and Wilson, um, you know, maybe be able to strike up a partnership? He said yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself tells you that, you know, maybe, you know, that, that they you know, won't just be looking at one plane and the other plane, you know, when the other's injured. And it doesn't take a genius, really, to work it out. If you look, I mean, we don't know a huge amount of, of Alexander Isaac from what we've seen. But what you do see is and what you do watch and, and what you have noted from him 
is that he's not a he's not a box to box centre forward. He's not a poacher. Uh, he's not a barnstormer. He's he's not a, a huge physical presence. He's a tidy player. He's a busy player. Uh, he's a clever player. He's everything that Callum Wilson is. Callum Wilson's that. Callum Wilson's a, a clever player. He'll he'll bring in to other players. You just get the impression that that you know that if Isaac drops wide, then then he dovetails with Callum Wilson. Likewise, vice versa. Whether we can get Callum Wilson fit enough is is the burning question. But certainly, I, I agree with you. Um, there's absolutely no reason to suppose that, that Callum Wilson and, uh, and Alexander Isaac can't play together uh, and can't work together. And let's really, really fingers crossed because it's not about Ale- Alexander Isaac in terms of his fitness. It's about Callum Wilson. Because let, let's, not, let's not forget about Callum Wilson. Please, let's not forget about Callum Wilson. Because I've maintained for a long time now He's the best I think we've seen since Shearer at Newcastle. Everything about the fella is is quality, is quality. But he has this terrible, terrible problem with injuries. Let's hope, let's hope it can it can get sorted out because um, at this minute in time, you have to say the argument is against it rather than for it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, mate. I would agree. Lots of questions coming in. We will, uh, we will come to those uh, very, very soon. Callum Wilson out injured, sadly, uh, Mick. I mean, the big talking point, I guess, for all of us, you know, we need to get a striker in in case Wilson gets injured. He's, he's only lasted a few games, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, that's, what, that's what he's there for. That's what Alexander Isaac is there for. Um, I, I, and I, I heard one or two conversations yesterday. Obviously, the question was asked in the press conference with Eddie Howe, who, who didn't really either way suggest one way or the other. Um, basically, will he, will he start against um, Wolverhampton Wanderers? Obviously, the argument seems to be that because Eddie Howe um, decided to give Bruno a little bit of a breather when he first arrived. He gave uh, Sven Botman a little bit of a breather when he, when he, when he first arrived at, at Newcastle. Everybody seems to be of the opinion that he might do the same with Alexander Isaac. I would argue that on two fronts. One, um, necessity dictates, and necessity at this minute in time, is that we have no Callum Wilson. Um, Chris Wood, to date, at Premier League level, Hasn't really done the business. Um, Alexander Isaac is fit, so I would, I would think, I would think um, that um, he would start against Wolverhampton Wanderers. The other thing, interestingly, and I mentioned this a week ago uh, when we were talking about the pre-Manchester City press conference. Again, he was asked uh, Eddie Howe about transfers, and he made a he made a very interesting point last week. This was a week ago. I don't think he, I'm pretty sure he didn't know for definite that Alexander Isaac was on the way. But he did say, don't for a minute think that I'm not prepared to bring somebody in and stick them straight in. If they're big enough, if they're good enough, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that a week ago. Now, I think it even more so now. I think he's not afraid at all. You know, I mean, if we think back to it, the, the Bruno situation, we were in a really good place trying to survive, trying to survive. We were in the middle of that nine man, uh, nine team, sorry, nine game run, which ultimately saved us. So there would there would have been it would have been idiotic to change it and bring in Bruno at that time. 
Likewise, Sven Botman. You know, Dan Byrne and Fabian Schaar have done great at centre-backs. They, they deserved their place at the start of this season. So he left Botman out. As it turns out, because of Target's uh, injury, it's changed it. But that isn't... That, that, that there is no justifying reason, really, for me anyway, to put Alec Isaac on the bench tomorrow because we have no Callum Wilson. We don't score strike. We don't score goals enough at this minute in time. So I'd be very surprised if he didn't start. I wouldn't be surprised either way. And it's probably wishful thinking on my part. But I would like to see the young man start tomorrow against Wolves. Yeah, that was one of the questions in the chat. And I do think 100% he will start. Yeah, he's good I th- enough player. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think you have to. You, uh, on top of that, uh, Steve, you, you, you've, you've paid £60 million. You've paid £60 million. And uh, again, if you, if you listen to his NUFC TV interview, he's an ambitious boy. He wants to play. He's, he's already scored this season against, uh, uh, against Barcelona for Real Sociedad. He's, he's up and running. He's up and running. He's playing in La Liga. It's, it's not as if he's, you know, he's missed out pre-season or he's a bit rusty or he's been sitting around waiting for a medical for three or four days. You know, Eddie Howe very quickly yesterday wanted to stick him on the training ground as soon as the signatures were signed. And clearly, I don't know whether he did for definite train yesterday, probably not, but he will definitely train today. There'll be no doubt whatsoever that Alexander Isaac will be training before they leave for Wolverhampton Wanderers later today. And I think that, to me, suggests that he's ready to start at Molyneux. And how how exciting will that be? How exciting will that be? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people are, are very, very excited and rightly so about our new acquisition. And lots of people want to know who we're going to uh, look at in the final uh, few days of the transfer window. A couple of questions. Do you yeah. think we'll buy another striker and a winger before uh, deadline day? Lots of people in the chat asking, um, do you think we should go for a, a defensive midfielder, such as uh, Roger Cook there, asking uh, the question. Some people want to know, uh, do we think that uh, Pedro is still a possibility or whether the fact that we've signed uh, this young lad, uh, young mm. Swedish lad, Isaac, uh, the, the Pedro deal might now be off. But well, what, I, would you, I, what, would, what I would suggest, Mick, is we never hear about these yeah. transfers that come from out of nowhere and these are the ones that are getting done. And that's exactly the point I was going to make this morning, um, Steve. We've spent three months, two months, two and a half months <laughs> hearing from alleged experts, pundits, punters, Internet, newspapers, you name it. They have thrown every name. They have thrown every possibility. They have thrown every permutation under the sun. And I think all I've ever said is, que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. And all of a sudden, none of them, none of them had picked Alexander Isaac. Yes, there was an interest in him. Of course there was an interest in him. It's like me saying, I- I'd, like to, I'd like to win the lottery tonight, but I'm not going to do it. You know, they wanted or they would have they would have been interested in Alexander Isaac. Everybody was interested in Alexander Isaac. But, you know, there was also a money situation as well. So you can forget that. So, again, as you say, if if people are starting to say now, oh, this will happen next week and that we don't know. We don't know. Uh, anyhow, yesterday, when asked, do you think. He uh, expect more deals done next week. He sort of, sort of said, "I'll wait and see, and I'll find out from the powers that be." And it will come down to the powers that be. He also made a very good point yesterday, and this shouldn't be lost on people as well, um, Steve. And that is, 
in any transfer, yes, there is a buyer, but there's also a seller. And I get the impression that two months ago, a month ago, maybe even a fortnight ago, maybe even a week ago, that Real Sociedad weren't a seller. All of a sudden, they have become a seller and they've made themselves known to anybody, including Newcastle United, that they might be willing to take Alexander Isaac. And Newcastle have said, bingo, we'll have it. And, and going back to the, to the mitigating circumstances, I know everybody has spoken about it's down to Callum Wilson. Alexander Isaac has arrived because Callum Wilson is injured. Now, there is an element of that. Eddie Howe admitted that. There is an element of that. But at the same time, A, you still needed Real Sociedad to suddenly decide that they decided to do the deal. I mean, they, Steve, they bought him for six and a half million. They've sold him for 60 million. They've got 10 times their, their, you know, their amount. So it's a big deal for Sociedad. But the other thing as well that I think people have lost on this in terms of why Alexander Isaac has suddenly arrived, not because of Sociedad deciding they're available, not because Callum Wilson is injured. Do you know what I think as well? I think the chairman at PIF, uh, Yazid Al-Yaman, is there. He's got his flag. He's got his PIF shirt on. He's watched Manchester City 3-3 with Newcastle at St. James's Park. And I think he's bitten the bug again. I think they've bitten the bug again. I think PIF have again thought to themselves, hang on a minute. We've got a good thing with this Newcastle situation. You know, the problem with Riyadh and PIF a lot of the time is that they are a huge, huge operation. So when they have their weekly meetings, they'll be talking about the billions that they've got involved with, with Boeing, with Facebook, with Uber, with Disney, all the companies, huge companies, way, way above the money that they're involved with, with Newcastle United. They're doing these meetings. They're doing these deals. But all of a sudden, this little deal that they did, and I say little in inverted commas, with Newcastle United Football Club in the northeast of England, I think they've looked at it and they've thought, hang on a minute. They've just, they've just picked up a point against Manchester City. They were 3-1 up against Manchester City. They are our competitions. They are our rivals, whatever. Whatever the competition is between Abu Dhabi and, 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 and the Saudis, you know, there will be competition there between them. I think they've had a little look at it, a little smell of it, and, 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 and another taster of what Newcastle United could do. They were there in the stand. Um, Al Ramyan has watched it. He's seen it. And I think if the call has been made at the time about Alexander Isaac, they've said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This is this is this is this has really whetted my appetite if it hadn't whetted it already. So there's all sorts of you know factors involved, but I'm pretty sure that was one of them. Yeah, 200 million spent in two transfer windows and and you know more to come potentially in the next six days. So uh trust the owners, it's uh not something yeah. we were seeing for the last 14 years, but we can uh, certainly put a bit of faith in these guys and girls have been fantastic. Um, Mick, uh, this is an interesting one from DS. Uh, good morning, everyone. Last week, Mick said Mick and Maxi needed to step up in the City game. How did he rate their performance? Of course. Well, it, it, I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, you know, particularly, particularly St Maxima. But, you know, as, as good as I watched it and as good as I, I thought it was fantastic, etc., uh, etc. Et and I, and I, I, think I've, I think I've said this two or three times. Um, 
we, we could talk we could talk about th there's the four of them i think we tried to we tried at one time to, to to give us an idea of gold silver bronze here one morning about the french quartet so you've got ginola you've got robert you've got hatton ben arthur and now you've got asm and they're all much of a muchness they're all peas of pot they all ginola you know, yes, defensively wasn't the greatest. Going forward was fantastic. Laurent Robert did fantastic things. Hatton Ben Arthur did unbelievable things. But they were all a bit like ASM. They all fluctuated. They all they were all a little bit inconsistent. They all ended up, they never stayed around long enough. So the question with ASM is, and I'm sure Eddie Howe thinks this, and I'm sure the staff think that. Yes, as brilliant as it was as a, a, against Manchester City, and it was, and he was out of this world. And we've said all along, I've said all along, you've been a little bit less um, sure of it. But I, you know, I've always maintained you've got to keep him because he's a talent. He's a he's a talent, but that talent can only last so long, and that consistency has to build upon. And that's the question today. That's the question: Can he do against Wolverhampton Wanderers? exactly as he did against Manchester City. Can he do it then against Liverpool? Can he do that then uh, against Bournemouth? Can he do that then uh, against Crystal Palace? Can he do it week in, week out? I talked before here about Hatton Ben Arthur. I remember, I remember a night at, at Aston Villa years ago and he was absolutely beyond off the pale. Unbelievable. And I sat down with him. I remember standing on the pitch line saying to him, Hatton, you, you, you really, really look like You've, you, you know, you, you've got it. You've, you, you, and he said, yes, yes, blah, blah, blah. The next game, it was absolute nightmare. Absolute nightmare. So you've got to wait and see. It's, the, the, it, it, it doesn't happen in one night. It doesn't happen in one game. You know, ASM, if he does it, does it, does it, does it, then yes. But if not, then I'm sorry. We're, we're back where we were three months ago, six months ago. I think Almiron is probably slightly more questionable. I mean, again, he, he played quite well against Manchester City. But the miss, the miss at one stage where he's he stuck one over the top of the corner from, um, you know, six yards. You know, it, it's it, these things shouldn't happen. These things shouldn't happen. So, yes, let's 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 enjoy the whole Manchester City experience. Let's particularly enjoy again what Admir Almiron did, but more so what ASM did. But let's hope the more that they do against Molyneux, let's hope the more that they do against Liverpool, whoever, whoever, you know, we, we need more consistency. We, yeah, we haven't, we haven't seen it. You know, what, whatever the saying is, one swallow doesn't make a spring. No, no, definitely not. Uh, the other news uh, coming out of St. James's Park this week, uh, I guess isn't surprising. Uh, a couple of people asking about it as well. Tom Dixon, what's your thoughts on Dubravka uh, potentially going to Manchester United? Paul Patterson says the Dubravka situation worries me. I definitely don't want to lose him. He's on par with Nick Pope. I certainly don't want to strengthen Manchester United, who I see as a rival for the top seven this season. So what's your take on this Dubravka situation? Well, I think I've, I think I've said it, Steve, haven't I? I've said it, what, three, four times here in the last month that I fully expected that there'd be every chance that he'll leave. You know, because because in the same way as I, I only said two weeks ago, you know, in the way that Sven Botman has come straight back in after a one layoff, that, 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 that Bruno has eventually got himself back, you know, Debravka has done nothing wrong, has done absolutely nothing wrong in reasonable, you know, senses anyway. Um, as it's turned out, 
on the basis of what we've seen in the last couple of games, Nick Pope is probably the better of the keeper. So therefore, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe and his staff are absolutely a 100%. But as I said at the time, I like the fact that players don't want to sit around, are not prepared to sit around uh, on their backsides and do nothing. And you know that happens more with goalkeepers than anybody else because their their deputy or their their second in command isn't going to get injured anytime soon. So, you know, once upon a time you had goalkeepers um, who'd sit. I mean, Steve Harper's a good case in point, you know, because of Shea, you know, Stevie Harper, you know, spends six, seven years not doing anything. Now, it's it's a bit different these days, but but I was always for the last two or three weeks been of the impression that, that Martin Dubravka will probably think I need to play football. Now, whether he plays football at Manchester United or starts at Manchester United is a is another argument altogether. But maybe, maybe he's just a bit upset. And I, and I haven't got a problem with that. And I think we shouldn't be surprised by that. As I say, you know, he, he has done very well for Newcastle for the last two or three years. You know, when, when Newcastle were poor, defensively, we were an absolute shambles. This young, you know, this, this, this guy was almost keeping us in games on occasions. And then all of a sudden, he finds that he's surplus to requirements. I, I don't have a problem. I, 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 I feel a certain amount of sympathy for Dubravka, but that's just football. You know, there's, there's no, there's, you know, they're not exactly, um, they're not exactly shy bands footballers, and they're certainly not poor bands either. So, um, yeah, just let him go. Let him go. If he doesn't want to be at the football club, let him go. To, to, to my mind, Carl Darlow, as a, as a stand-in, is, is, is just as worthy a place as Martin Dubravka on the bench. But if we consider that, and we do consider that Nick Pipe, Nick Pope is our now number one, then just take it as take it as red, um, and and let's go with the, with what the future is. Yeah, uh, that's it. Can't keep uh, an unhappy player. Big thank you to our sponsor, Skips and Bins. Telephone 0800 2545 253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go-waste collection. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. Find them at 304 Old Durham Road, Gateshead or by calling 0191 or website www.darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.gohd.com. And thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, Handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at mrvickies.co.uk or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to Away Day Clothing and to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk. The makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle and the guys who run our website. If you want to subscribe, hit the NUFC Matters logo in the bottom right-hand corner. You can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video and click share share to your social media. We're also available as a podcast. goes up 24 hours after the show has finished on YouTube. Where it's available on iTunes, Spotify, Podcast, Podbeans and the rest. Don't forget, you can also join the channel, uh, click join underneath the video, or use the QR code to take you straight there, uh, nufcmatters.com, and click membership. Uh, what do you get? Well, you get a cup, a pen, a scarf, and a membership card, and entry into the monthly draw. And uh, thanks to QTech, we gave away two tickets for the Brentford game last night. Uh, Julie Baker was the lucky winner. Uh, and if you subscribe, we do give you a car sticker. Just email john at nufcmatters.com, and he will post you one out. 
We also support the Food Bank. Any UFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is the, uh, the virtual bucket. You simply need to click on that website and you can make a virtual donation, which is very important. And Peter Beardsley Soccer School, uh, if you want information as to how you can register your kids onto the soccer school that Peter runs, uh, go to info at peterbeardsleysoccerschool.com. Okay, back to uh, your questions. And Stephen Kennedy says, is it wise to sell any of our players to Premier League sides as they can pass on all of Eddie's tactics and player weaknesses? <laughs> Let's try and keep us as an enigma to the rest. I mean, these kind of things will happen, I, I guess, Stephen. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the Man United thing is what really annoys people the most. I think that Dubravka wants to go to Manchester United, mm. um, a, a club who, you know, messed us around with Jesse Lingard. And thank thank, thank the Lord that did, I think, uh, to be honest, looking, looking at what we've brought in now with mm. the money that we've got. But, but you know, they, 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 they're one of the big six who didn't welcome Newcastle to the table, I guess. And uh, I, but, I wouldn't but... want to but at the end of the day, Steve, as we've just mentioned there, A, he's a goalkeeper. I mean, I'm not having a go at goalkeepers, but they are goalkeepers as opposed to outfield players, as opposed to, say, say we left Johan Kabai as a midfield player. Say, once upon a time, as we famously did, um, left Andy Cole and Andy Cole went to Manchester United. You know, this is, this is A, it's a goalkeeper, and B, as it stands at this minute in time, it's probably highly likely to be a second-string goalkeeper at Manchester United. So it, it, it's, it's going to have no great bearing on where Manchester United finished this season uh, as opposed to Newcastle United, if indeed we continue ourselves on the journey that might make us contenders in terms of um, where Man United finish and where we finish in the table. So I'm, I'm not too worried about Drabavka in, in, in terms of other players, Lee. One of the ones who, on the basis of what, you know, having singled out Elliot Anderson at, at Tranmere and, and how much I liked him and how much a lot of people should have, you know, everybody, everybody, the Tranmere thing, I got, a, I, I was a bit annoyed by the fact that everybody raved about Kieran Trippier. We don't need to rave about Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier is an international, fantastic, fantastic fullback. But it was Kieran Trippier saved the day. Kieran Trippier did this. Kieran Trippier put, two crosses in for uh, Lascelles and, and Wood to get the goals, blah, blah, blah. That's what Kieran Trippier does. Kieran Trippier wouldn't himself wouldn't expect it. It's against Tranmere Rovers. What we should have done is focused more on Elliot Anderson, 19 years of age, a young kid making his senior full debut and looking completely at home. So fair play, Elliot Anderson. The other one, going back to players who might leave between the end of the transfer window, that I wouldn't want to leave, and again, I quite liked on Wednesday, was Jamal Lewis. I like Lewis. You know, I mean, this is a kid who, don't forget, before he joined Newcastle, was very close to, 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 to going to Liverpool um, from Norwich City. Um, he's lost his way. He's had injuries, etc., etc. So, you know, I, I think, again, and this is what happens when, you know, you... You, you, you make 11 changes and the whole world and his wife looks at you and looks at what Newcastle are doing. And not only Newcastle fans, but other teams. And, and, and I'm absolutely certain one or, two, um, one or two teams will have looked at Ellie Anderson and immediately looked at Tranmere, Rovers and Prenton Park and said, just make a call, will you? Just just find out if he's available. Oh, are they going to keep him in the 25? Well, they don't have to keep him in the 25, of course. But is he is he is he going to be loaned out again as he was last season against Bristol Rovers? But I'm sure one or two other clubs will have looked at it as well and said, 
just stick, just take a, just just stick a punt, just stick a punt at, at Newcastle United and find out whether Eddie Howe fancies Jamal Lewis and whether they might take him for a loan or they might take him on a deal because he is, I think he's a talent. I really do think he's a talent. Um, you know, yes, we've got Matt Target. Yes, we've got a, a sort of at this minute in time a steady away, ready-made left fullback. But Lewis is he's got a bit more than that. It's certainly getting forward. You know, if you needed to to think of because he would he wanted originally, I think Liverpool wanted him as a as a as a wing back. Um, so yeah, going back to the will we lose players during? I think we'll have to lose a couple because we're a bit top heavy now. I mean, if you think about the signings, um, um, Steve, we've signed eight, two hundred million pounds. You've mentioned we've signed eight since January. Seven of them, seven of them, are essentially. First team footballers from now from, from pretty much now on in, with the exception of the Shah Botman Burn two from three situation. But we've essentially got seven of eight starting the game, uh, start, starting a team. Now, that is some turnaround. That is some turnaround. You know, often you might get two or three, you might get three or four, you might get half a team. We've got now, essentially, on occasions, seven new faces in that 11. So, again, going back to Eddie Howe, will he get more? Does he want more? You always want more, but it is getting to the stage now where it gets dangerous. It's like Forrest. You've got 16. They're, they're named again with somebody again yesterday. You know, they've got 17, 18. Now, the, 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 the worry is that you've got too many and you're mixing and matching too much. Now, do we do we mix and match too many, or is Eddie Howe, you know, happy with leaving one or two out the bench? We'll just have to wait and see. But I think I think my feeling at this minute in time is it's highly unlikely that we'll do any major deals. We might do a little bit of tinkering between now and the end of the um, the end of the window. There might even be a loan situation. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, loan deals, uh, of course, can be done, and um, yeah, Newcastle will still be active, I think, in in the the transfer window. Um, John says, Mick, in terms of quality, do you think the City game is one of the best we've seen at St James's Park for decades? Absolutely, certainly for a while, certainly for a while. I mean, I know, I think we only mentioned last week about um, the Arsenal win um, at the tail end of last season, which, of course, essentially um, was a win rather than a draw. Um, but you're not talking about like and like, are you? You're not talking. About, yes, yes. Arsenal are a big, big football club. Arsenal are a very important football club. Arsenal are a very impressive football club, and are much, much stronger this this season than they were last season, and will make it very difficult for the likes of Newcastle to to to, to push on anywhere in and around six and seven spot. Um, but when you compare against Manchester City and you compare against a Manchester City at full tilt, it's not a weakened Manchester City side. It's not a Manchester City side that was breezing through. It's not a Manchester City side that was neither here nor there. I think, I, I think we said last week, in an ideal world, you'd want Newcastle right at it and you'd want Manchester City at substandard. No, none of that. Manchester City were not substandard. Newcastle United were toe-to-toe with Manchester City. And as a result of that, you've got to say, you've got to say, I mean, I, again, going back to when was the last good week I could remember, and that goes back to 2005 with the week in Lisbon and the, and the week in the FA Cup semi-final 
against Manchester United. That was just off the top of my head. But off the top of my head, the last big, big games, I mean, what, 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 what would you compare it to? I mean, maybe Benfica with, with, with the, with the Euro, Euro, Europa League quarterfinal, where we were getting close to a European final. But that wasn't of the, of the, of the sort of standard. That wasn't of the sort of uh, opposition either as Manchester City. So going back to what John says, I, 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 I couldn't think off the top of my head, but you would again talk as I was about the week. You're probably talking 20 years. You're probably talking 20 years since Newcastle were playing involved with a game like that against a team like that with a result like that. And it wasn't even a win. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, any truth in the rumours to Alvarez? Lots of people asking about that. Dean as well uh, asking about that. I mean, look, the, the advice I've given people um, and Mick and others on this platform have said is, look, just ultimately wait until yeah. the deals are done because it's quite clear that a lot of these people in the media and a lot of these in-the-know people on social media aren't in-the-know. They're no absolutely no. sweet FA. The, the the bottom line, Steve, is and, and, and we sound like a scratch record here. I feel like a I feel like a scratch record because I use a five letter word called T R U S T trust trust Eddie Howe trust the owners and see what happens and 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 and, and have they not been true to the word as I've just said there two hundred million pounds eight signings of which seven are virtually first-team footballers, one of which yesterday at 60 million quid was the record signing of New in Newcastle United's history. Now, if that doesn't trust people, and if people aren't prepared just to trust them, then they're just stupid. They're just stupid. And, 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 and you're just wasting your time listening to idiots online or watching idiots online who are telling you nonsense because they know nonsense. Just trust them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just trust the process and trust the owners. They they haven't let us down uh, so far. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, you know, the, the, you know, and, and and people think, well, that's an that's an easy thing to say. It's not an easy thing to say because for fourteen years we didn't had we had a fellow who we didn't trust. We far from trusted, and they let us down, and he let us down, and 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 and, and they and they they almost dismantled this football club because there was no trust. Trust is a huge thing. People think it's a it's it's a it's a silly thing. It's a simple thing. It's it's a thing that people just throw away or oh, trust him. I'll just trust him. Trust is a huge word, and trust is something that should be generated, and trust is something that sh that should be prized, and it is prized. And they have been they've been true to their word, and we should prize them as a result. It's a trust incident. It's a trust episode. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, Alan Thompson says, Mick, what did you think of Tramia Rovers? They went over the top for me. There's been physical, but it was uh, much too much. What's your thoughts? I must admit, I, I only really um, started seeing it and hearing about it. I mean, I watched the game. Of course I watched the game. But I didn't think it was, um, I didn't think it was too much. I mean, I, 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 again, maybe, maybe because I thought it was fairly straightforward. Maybe because... Um, I wasn't paying the sort of attention to it that you might with um, Wolves tomorrow or Manchester City last weekend because it's Premier League and you never really... I mean, it got a bit hairy late on because Tranmere were pressing, but I always thought we were fairly comfortable. So, so maybe I took my eye off it in terms of uh, missing incidents that were happen, happening left, right and centre. But 
No, I didn't. I mean, I, 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 mem- I remember there was there was one very good one in the second half where Kieran Trippier got caught, and I thought, oh, metatarsal, because it looked for all the world like he kicked through the studs of the Tranmere player. But that wasn't the Tranmere player's fault. And and and, and Kieran Trippier is bold enough and brave enough and honest enough to know that. And it, he's, he, you know, he got himself up and dusted himself down. He knew he just mistimed the challenge. But I didn't think there were things flying around left, right and centre that were potentially injuring Newcastle players or wounding Newcastle players or were doing things untoward. Yes, there was a bit of puff, uh, pushing and shoving at, at, at uh, corner kicks, etc. But I don't think there were nasty things flying around. So, I might have got that, but uh, you know, and I've heard one or two people say it, but no, I, d- I didn't think it wasn't. And and Ed, I think Eddie Howe has never mentioned it. Um, it wasn't mentioned in his press conference yesterday. Um, I mean, Emil Kraft has, uh, will will probably be out long term, but again, that didn't seem anything malicious. So you know, your y- 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 your general um, thought process will come along thinking, well, if we've lost a player because of a nasty injury, then, you know, Tranmere were a bit naughty, but I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Yeah, it's just a typical game against Luel League opposition. That's what I well, thought. I mean, look, it's, but, but, you know, bless them. Bless them. I mean, you know, Tranmere Rovers, again, go, go, you know, come back to these sorts of things. You know, the, the, the whole adage about, you know, there for the, gross, the, the, there for the grace of God go I, etc., etc. You know, Tranmere not that long ago weren't a million miles away from Newcastle United. And don't forget, they were in the National League. They were non-league not long ago as well. They've had to come back. They've had to drag themselves back into the Football League. So a game against Newcastle United is going to be the biggest game of their lives. They want to try and impress. They want to really have a go at it. Um, but no, if it, was, if it was a bit overzealous, if it was a bit sort of uh, whatever, a bit adrenaline driven, I don't know. But it wasn't malicious. It wasn't nasty. They weren't doing... They weren't doing anything to try and wound uh, Premier League players or Newcastle players. You know, as much as anything, they, they were probably trying, uh, like, you know, to, to either for Newcastle or for anybody in particular on TV, to get themselves a move away from Prenton Park uh, somewhere up the, up the league ladder. Tom Dixon's asked a couple of questions. He says, Mick, with Alexander Isak uh, uh, in, who do you think we should be looking at next? Uh, what positions? I would say we need a right winger. <laughs> And a midfielder. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And he also asks, um, do you think anyone will be shown the exit door at Newcastle? Eddie Howe's been quite, uh, you know, quite consistent on that. He doesn't really want to lose anybody if he can help. Well, I mean, I mean exactly. It's it's a very, very, very fine line. It's a, There's an awful lot of balancing involved. I mean, for instance, right, for instance, if Callum Wilson was fit, fit and well tomorrow, right? So Callum Wilson and Alexander Isak play tomorrow, right? If, this is, this is philosophical. If they play tomorrow, who do you play? Do you, do you, do you, do you go back to, to Eddie Howe's tried and tested 4-3-3? So that means one of ASM or Almiron misses out, presumably. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, who, so who misses out tomorrow? If Callum Wilson and Isak were both fit, both available both ready to go. One of them has to go. So for my mind, of course, Almiron at this minute in time has to go. So you start with a three of ASM, Callum Wilson and Alexander Isaac. And how how spectacular potentially does that stand? 
But what it does is, it, it's a bit unfortunate on Almiron, who's done brilliantly well. But not only do you then leave Almiron out, you've got Tom Dixon wanting somebody else to come in as well. So who does that? Who, who, where do they come on the pecking order? So you've got to be very careful. You've got to be, you've got, you, you know, you can't just keep buying for the sake of buying. Yes, you need a squad um, that, you know, gives yourself, uh, what was the old adage? You need two of each, two of each. So you need two centre forwards, you need two right backs, you need two left backs, you need two centre forwards, two centre forwards, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the way to do it. But if all of a sudden you're a bit overloaded in one department, then you've got to either let some go or say to yourself, no, we've got enough. And the argument is always, again, going back to last week, the week before, that, that just the bottom line in football, never buy players who aren't better than players that you've already got. So if you want to buy another wide player, you need to buy another player who's better than ASM or Miggy Almiron. And Alexander Isaac is better than either Almiron or ASM at this minute in time. So the deal is done. But don't do it for the sake of doing it next week just because we fancy another one. It takes time. It takes time. Yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, plenty of that. Um, and Tom also says, how many goals do you think Isaac will score for us? Oh. What, in general, Tom, or this season? <laughs> I mean, the one thing you would say is, and, and, and uh, again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to sort of um, uh, be negative, but he's not, he's not prolific, prolific on the basis at this minute in time. If you go through his stats, if you go through his, his numbers, I think he's about nine um in 30 odd um 30 odd 37 is it Sweden something like that it's Sociedad it, it, it's not bad it's not bad and La Liga isn't really um um a league that is particularly prolific and in fact in one of his interviews yesterday he did say one of the thing he liked about coming to the Premier League and coming to Newcastle United is that the football he feels and a lot of people genuinely seem to think that football would be more attractive to him and suit him better than La Liga. La Liga is, you know, essentially a little bit neg negative. It, it, can be, it can be very nastily physical on the times as well. I mean, the, the Premier League, nobody, nobody gets kicked in the Premier League these days. You know, nobody gets touched in the Premier League. So uh, Alexander Isaac will probably quite like that as well. But how many goals will he get? I don't know. I think what you, I think what you do in these sort of scenarios is... When you're only 22 years of age, you are a bear and he is a young one. I, I, I think Eddie Howe and the staff and, and the club generally will probably be more than happy just seeing his acclimatisation, just seeing him that he's, he's settled. You know, you, you don't want him to score a hat-trick on his debut. You don't need him to score 15 goals in his first you know, six months of the season uh, or whatever. Uh, you know, whatever happens between now and Qatar. Don't forget, you see, this is the other problem. We've got this bloody break for the World Cup finals. So you've got so you've got a, a lad who's just about got up ahead of steam. He's just got used to the tune. He's just got used to the fans. He's just got used to his teammates. He's got used to the Premier League and Newcastle United. He's enjoying it. And all of a sudden, six weeks and we all disappear, you know. And on top of that as well, I was talking to a colleague the other day who made a good point. You've also got to worry about in the two or two or three weeks leading up to the World Cup, 
So you're talking then about the end of October, which isn't too far away. You'll find players getting very worried about the fact that they don't get injured because they want to play in the World Cup final. And Alexander Isak might be one of those. He's an essential part of, of Sweden's national side. So maybe he's thinking to himself, hang on a minute, I've got to be very careful here. Callum Wilson, who may hopefully by that time will have come back from an injury. You know, Gareth Southgate might have been saying quietly to, to Callum Wilson, look, you're in line to go to Qatar. Just be very careful. Players will do it naturally anyway. They don't need Gareth Southgate to tell them. They just all want to go to the World Cup finals. Of course they do. It's the chance of most players' careers to go to a World Cup finals. So a lot of these players are going to, for the last two weeks leading up to, you know, the trainee squads, etc., prior to the World Cup, I'll be very, very careful about what they do in Premier League games. So there's all sorts of issues about this, about this Qatar and, and the World Cup. And it certainly doesn't help um, Newcastle United dealing with getting uh, Alexander Isaac ready for a full-blown career as a Newcastle United record signing striker. Yeah, I would agree. OK, Newcastle United uh, got a big match uh, tomorrow at um, Molyneux, 2 o'clock, live on Sky Sports. 3,000 uh, away and tickets sold out uh, as usual. And uh, Eddie Howe's press conference uh, yesterday, we were told that John Joe Shelby, of course, is still out. Callum Wilson is only going to be out for a couple of weeks. There was no news on Emil Kraft uh, and his injury, which did look it's long. Uh, it's long. It's long standard. It's long season, isn't it? I think did did look bad. Yeah. And Ryan yeah. Uh, news, uh, of course, on Ryan Fraser, Jamal Lascelles, and Dan Byrne. They should all be available for selection. And as uh, we've already talked in depth about the day, uh, Alexander Isak, uh, the new Big Al, uh, is uh, <laughs> is available for selection. And. Uh, yeah, cast your mind back uh, October last year, Newcastle United's trip to Wolves. And uh, yeah, it was the last game of the Mike Ashley era just before mm. the takeover took place. Uh, Jeff Hendricks scored uh, in that game in a 2-1 defeat. And uh, a lot of mags, including myself, uh, left that ground soaking wet, uh, looking relegation straight in the face. How <laughs> times have changed. Uh, referee tomorrow, Peter Banks. Uh, that's uh, fresh from his incident-packed VAR shift at St James's Park last week uh, for Manchester City's visit to Newcastle. Uh, the last game he took charge of at Newcastle uh, was in April when we were beaten 1-0, uh, when Wolves were beaten 1-0 at St James's Park. VAR this week is Lee Mason. So, uh, this is a good test, uh, Mick, yeah. because Wolves, Wolves aren't a bad team, mate. And, and it's also a good, a good test in so much as, you know, come the end of last season... You know, we were side by side. I mean, don't forget in, in 2016, 2017, which is what, uh, six six seasons ago, six years ago, we were side by side in the championship, you know. So, you know, side by side in the championship, uh, we went straight back up. Wolves had to wait another year. Uh, and then Wolves did great, didn't they? If you remember, I think they were seventh and seventh. But they've just dropped of late again. Um, and last season, I think there was only a I think it was only a point or two points between them. I think one was, I think Wolves, Wolves were 10th, we were 11th. So, you know, it's an interesting parallel between the pair of them because, you know, they, they were there or thereabouts knocking on the door of Europe only two or three years ago. So it gives you an example of how you can do it and you can do it quite quickly. And they did it quite quickly, uh, having been promoted. So, you know, Wolves, I, I, again, I think I, I would have, 
Brighton and Hove Albion, what was it, two weeks ago, I would have been less confident. Wolves, I would be more confident, even though essentially it's all much of a muchness, isn't it? Brighton and Hove Albion, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Newcastle United. But there's just something about Newcastle at the minute. Um, what will be interesting is, obviously, you know, d- d- does Isaac start? Um, and the other one, of course, of course, is, is, is Matt Taggart as well, because, you know, Matt, you know, once upon a time, had Callum Wilson uh, not been injured um, and, Cal- and uh, Matt Target not been available, it would have been absolutely stone, stonewall, uh, Eddie Howe, unchanged against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Now, of course, he's, he's got to change a couple or he could change one of them. Um, I, I think I think with regard to Matt Taggart, I think Matt Taggart has to has to probably wait because uh, against Manchester City, that back four did well enough. Um, but again, because Callum Wilson is injured, despite the fact that Bruno had to wait his time and Botman had to wait their time, I just think he'll throw Alexander Isaac in, and I think I think he'll start tomorrow. But it's it's a good test. It's a good test. I can I can I can see why. Eddie Howe might think, you know, we've had a good start, we're steady away, um, but I just think the the feel-good factor, the adrenaline, and I think he's a confident, confident boy as well, Alexander Isaac. I think he's I think he's chomping at the bit, so it it could be it could be very very interesting. That said, Wolverhampton Wanderers on their day can be very good as well. They can be very good. It's a, it's a tough one to call. It really is a tough one to call. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I'm I am going to go for a Newcastle win. Um, I did say yesterday two 0 I'm going to stick with that. I think Newcastle will have, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have the bit between their teeth. They've had a good yeah. run. And um, Jordy Tuvalife makes a point. City, Liverpool, Brighton, Wolves. Not an easy start for Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Tamir away in the cup a potential banana skin, but they are doing well. And um, with it, with with this lad going straight into the t- team, I think he will. Um, I, I fancy Newcastle to have their tails up. I, I would disagree with you in so much as I don't think it'll be as comfortable as that. Yeah. I, do, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it a 2 0 I don't see it, a, you know, a 3 one um, I, I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be, I think it'll be very tight. I, I, you know, I, I, I would, going back to what I said about Manchester City, you know, I, I, I would take a draw. But on this occasion, uh, you know, I, I just think they might just had enough. But, but you know, let let's let let's let's not let's be realistic enough to suggest that you've got a young man, a young man who's absolutely brand spanking new to Newcastle United, and he's asked being asked to do the job for our main man, Callum Wilson. And Callum Wilson, up to date, has been the only one a reliant centre forward, a reliant goal scorer. So for these goals that they've missed, and we've been missing them. Ever since December, we've missed goals. Yes, we got three against Manchester City, but, you know, that was almost extraordinary. But again, he scored one of those, Callum Wilson. So there is no Callum Wilson there. So there is a, there is a, there is a fair emphasis on Alexander Isaac if we score goals against Wolverhampton Wanderers. So I think if we win it, we'd have to win it maybe a one nil or a 2 one Um Let's just wait and see. But I don't I don't see as I don't see as winning comfortably. I don't see as winning 2-0, 3-1. I really don't. Okay. Are you gonna go for a 1-0, then? I am gonna go. I don't think I don't like one nilers. I don't like I've, I've never liked a one niller. Never like one nilers. Uh, I'm gonna go 2-1. 2-1. I'm gonna go 2-1 and Alexander Isaac to win it. 
2-1, Alexander Isaac Nguyen, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, just a quick a quick mention about yeah. our neighbours neighbor, down the road who um, ultimately yeah. seem to be in another predicament, which, yeah. it, uh, you know, they've clearly smashed a few mirrors at the stadium alike because um, yeah. the, the manager, and, and to be fair, let's face it, Alex Neal has done a, yeah. a very good job on virtually zero money down yeah. there, is, uh, yeah. is now looks as if he's jumping ship and yeah. going to Stoke after a year. Yeah. Well, let, let, me, let me tell you something. You know, without wanting to go into the to to, to um, the the rivalry between us and them, and and red and whites and black and whites, etc. Regardless of the fact that 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 you know they've gone from third division to second division, that they've had a torrid time, they've lost this manager, they've lost that manager. Essentially, it's been down to the fact that a very big football club and a very good football club for their own people has been absolutely shambolic in the way that it's been run and owned, etc. Uh, let me, let me, uh, I meant to mention this earlier, but NUFC TV, uh, Tom Nipper, brilliant interview with Darren Eels. When this finishes now, go to NUFC TV. It's about 15 minutes on Newcastle's brand new CEO. Have a listen to that fella. Have a listen to what he's got involved and talked about with Newcastle United and how positive and the process and everything that Newcastle have in mind. So have a listen to Darren Eels. But Darren Eels and Dan Ashworth and PIF and the Rubens and Amanda Staveley and Mehag Gadusi, they are like a different planet compared to what Sunderland Football Club have been running their football club for the last two, three, four years, however long it is. So... You know, we, we, we can talk about Alex Neal. We can talk about relegations. We can talk about the odd promotion. We can talk about their fans that, that now there's only 30,000, et cetera, et cetera. They have been wasted by their ownership. They have been ruined by their ownership. So, you know, as, as, as much as we don't gloat and as much as we don't, you know, you know I, I don't know, take great delight in it, it just goes to show you the 14 years that we had with Mike Ashley, they they make Mike Ashley look like Rockefeller at this minute in time. You know, they are being absolutely shafted left, right and centre by appalling ownership. How blessed are we that with the ownership, the CEO, the sporting football and now a record signing. I'm sorry, what goes around comes around. Yeah, and big big up to Tom Nipper. I've watched his uh, stuff. Yeah, he's doing a, he's doing a great a, job, isn't he? Absolutely, abso and it's it's a fantastic interview. I mean, you know, I I, I spent twenty five years, and I thought I was pretty good, uh, eyeball to eyeball. Um, and, and and they're big characters, they're big egos. These people, you know, it's a big interview to do. Um, he's an important person, Darren Eels, and yet Tom, the interview is very very good. It's of Parkinson standards. It's you know, it, it's very good. It's very good. Have a listen. Great stuff. Uh, Mick, as always, the hours passed yeah. over too quickly. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, mate. And, uh, yeah, catch you up enjoy with you next it too. Week. Okay, Take care, mate. See you later. Bye -bye.